What is the whole Bible in one verse? Is that possible to take the five books of Moses, known as the Torah, and to summarize it in just one verse? So there was a person who actually approached a rabbi. His name is Rabbi Shammai. And he asked him, can you teach me the whole Torah, the whole Bible, as I stand on one leg? The rabbi looked at him and said, no, that cannot be done. And he left him. Then he went to the next rabbi, which was known as Rabbi Hillel. And he asked him the same question. Can you teach me the whole Bible, the whole Torah, all five books of Moses, as I stand on one leg? That was the question. Hillel looked at him and says, yes, I will do that. Are you ready? And he looks at him and he tells him, don't do unto others what you don't want done to you. That's the whole Torah. The rest is all commentary to that. That is the whole message of the Bible. Don't do upon others what you don't want to be done unto you. And he looks at the rabbi. He says, wow, that is the whole Torah? That is the whole Bible? He says, yes. And everything else before and after is the commentary to teach you how to reach that level. As a matter of fact, about a century later, a great rabbi named Rabbi Akiva, he is the author of the great book, the Talmud. He wrote and he quotes from the Torah, loving your fellow as yourself is the general rule of the whole Torah, reflecting on what Hillel said a hundred years before. Until this very day, we still quote that from Rabbi Akiva, love your fellow as yourself. So much more so that my rabbi told me that that quote, love your fellow as yourself, is actually love your fellow as an extension of yourself. That's what love is truly all about. And this is the fundamental general rules of the whole Bible. So to answer the question, can we summarize the whole Bible in one verse? The answer is yes. According to Hillel, don't do upon others what you don't want to be done to you. According to Rabbi Akiva, quoting from the words of the Bible, love your fellow as yourself. That is the whole Torah. So we have two great sages living a hundred years apart, summarizing what is the whole Bible in one verse. So the question comes to ask, why did the sage Hillel use the negative form by saying, don't do unto others what you don't want to be done to you. Why didn't he just quote the Torah? Love your fellow as yourself or as an extension of yourself. 
That is the whole Torah. Why did he use the negative concept, don't do upon others what you don't want to be done to you? So the sages have spent and poured much ink over this discussion and came up with a beautiful explanation that you and I can relate to in our own life. When we realize that according to Kabbalah, as brought down in the book of Tanya, that every single one of us were created with a soul. A soul is a part of God. So every human being has been gifted a soul, a neshama, which is a part of God. So when we look at another person and we see that the other person has the same soul that we have, we realize that we are truly all one. We are all part of the same God and we all embody a part of God, the soul. We each have a soul that sustains us, that keeps us alive. When we take that recognition and we realize that every single human being has been given a soul from God that sustains us. And then we realize that that is what we all have in common, that we're all created in God's image, that we're all created with a soul, with a part of God. So therefore, we naturally would love each other because we are one. So the question is asked, is it actually humanly possible for a person to love someone else just like he loves himself? Is that something that we are capable of? Are we capable of loving someone else the same much as we love ourselves? Is that practically possible? Is that humanly possible? So according to mysticism, that when, yes, when we dig deep down and we understand and we comprehend the dimension of godliness, that we recognize how we are all created with the soul of God, that we are all literally a part of God, with that comprehension, we are able to truly love each other because we recognize we're all one. We can appreciate the oneness amongst ourselves that doesn't make one person greater than the next because we are all equally a part of God. We're all equally part of one great soul. So with that in mind, we do recognize and appreciate the oneness and therefore we can love our fellow as ourself as an extension of ourself, because in essence, we are all an extension of each other. And when we recognize that and we appreciate that on a very spiritual, deep level, then we can and we are capable of truly loving our fellow as ourselves. So the question is, why didn't the great sage Hillel utilize that? Why did he utilize the negative part don't do upon someone else what you don't want to be done to you. The answer is because not everybody is capable of understanding the esoteric, the mystical, the mysticism, 
the deeper sensitivity of understanding God and understanding the soul and understanding the oneness. To be able to understand all that, you have to have been exposed to it. You have to be able to appreciate it, study it, learn it, attain it, appreciate it, live with it, and it becomes part of you to see this spiritual dimension of life. But not everyone has been brought up with that education, and not everyone has had the chance to delve deeply into the esoteric, into the mystical part of life's. And therefore, they may not be capable of understanding God or understanding spirituality. And that is what Hillel came to a very practical sense. Don't do upon someone else what you don't want to be done to you. As a human being, we know our limits. We know what we appreciate and we know what we don't. We don't like pain. We don't like to be hurt. We don't like to be insulted, embarrassed. We don't like to be hurt physically, mentally, emotionally. That everyone can understand, even at a very primitive stage. When you understand that, that you don't like any of that, that's when you realize you do not do that to someone else. That is the whole Torah. That is the whole purpose of creation. That is the whole Bible, is to treat another creation by God as you would like to be treated. Just like you don't want to feel pain, do not inflict pain onto others. Just like you don't want to be put down, don't put down others. Just like you don't want to be gossiped about, do not gossip about others. That level, everyone could appreciate and understand. And that is what Hillel was explaining to this individual. You want to know what the whole journey of life is about, what the whole Bible is about? It's about respecting others as you would like to be respected. Treat others as you would like to be treated. Don't do upon others what you don't want to be done to you. There's a very famous saying that when we parent our children, we want to make sure that we'll parent our children better than we were parented. In reality, in life, we all want to do better than what we have experienced. And just like we want to make this world a dwelling place for God, we want to make this world a great place. We need to begin with the basics of treating each other with respect, being forgiving, being tolerant, being respectful, being loving, being caring. These are all fundamental traits of humanity that keeps a society from progressing forward. When we are able to imply these very fundamental morals and ethics of being a human being, of don't do upon others we don't want to be done to you, then we have a chance in making this world a greater and better place. When a person points a finger at another person, unfortunately I don't have the fingers to demonstrate it. 
But when you point a finger at someone, you have three fingers pointing right back at you. Which means, before you criticize someone else, think about yourself. I want to share with you an example what happened with the baker and the milkman. So the milkman, who very respectfully and very honestly lived a very upstanding moral life. He never ever cheated anyone. He maintained the highest level of integrity in his business. That when a baker would reserve from him a five pound of butter, he would deliver exactly five pounds of butter, not a fraction less. He was so meticulous with his business to never ever cheat a client, a customer. One day he shockingly showed up to work and there was a summons to court and he was shocked. He says, why would someone summons me to business court? He showed up standing in front of the judge, trembling in trepidation. He has never seen a judge before. And he asks, why am I here? And the judge says, the baker has claimed that you are not honest. That when you said you delivered five pounds of butter to him, sometimes it was four and a half pounds, sometimes it was four pounds, even one time it was three and a half pounds. How can you do that? You're a man of integrity, of honesty. The milkman was in shock. And he told the judge, that's impossible. I would never do that to my clients. And the judge asked him, do you have a scale? Do you own a scale? He says, no, not really. I don't have a scale. So the judge says, how do you measure your five pounds of butter that you've been sending to the baker? He says, I created my own scale that every morning when the baker would deliver my five pounds of bread, I would put the five pounds of bread on one side of the scale and put my five pounds of butter. And when they were equal, I knew I had five pounds. That was my measure. I always used the baker's five pounds of bread. So, Your Honor, if there is a deficiency in the weight of my butter, it wasn't the butter that was deficient. It was the bread that the baker had been shipping me. His bread was not five pounds, it was four pounds or three pounds. This story depicts exactly the concept of realizing that we all need to treat others. Don't do upon others what you don't want to be done to you. Obviously the baker was trying to do something unto the milkman that came right back at him. And this story teaches us the concept of humanity, of unity, of being united together, for each of us to realize how we are all living on this world for a short amount of time, some longer than others. In relative speaking, we don't know how many years we're going to live. The time that we are alive, we need to do everything as possible to stay united. 
Yeah, there are people that have flaws. There are people who have made mistakes. There are people who have sinned. It's not our place to judge them. That's God's place. Our place is to treat each human being as they are an extension of ourselves. God says, I will bless you all when you are all together, unified as one. And that's what we learned. Don't do upon others what you don't want to be done to you. That is the whole Bible. Love your fellow as yourself. Exercise as much forgiveness as possible, as much tolerance as possible. Be the one to take initiative, to reach out and to create unity amongst those, especially those who may have wronged you. Be the one to take the initiative and to realize that whoever wronged you has a soul in them. And it is our responsibility to make the soul shine by being forgiving, by being loving unconditionally. When you love unconditionally, God will love you in return. God bless you. God loves you.